Welcome back to another episode of House of 50. My name's William Service, and today's guest is... Cameron Clothier. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to be on the show, and, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about we've been trying to do this for a while, so I'm glad we finally got it scheduled. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Yeah, it's uh, somehow all the stars aligned up on this Monday. <laughs> That's right, man. That's right. Exactly. Uh, where'd you go to school at? Yeah, so um, I went to high school at Henry Ford High School, Henry Ford II High School in Sterling Heights, and then I did my undergrad at Eastern Michigan University. So um, kind of grew up in the metro Detroit area and made my way over to Ypsilanti, and actually now I live in uh, the Canton area. So. Oh, you're all over the place now. Yeah, yeah. What um, what did you go to school for exactly? Yeah, so um, at Eastern, I studied uh, filmmaking and digital video production. So um, I was, you know, very involved in producing videos and, and making short films and doing a lot of content creation and photography and just, you know, very involved in, in media. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of followed me throughout my life. And that's kind of, you know, where I'm at today is still kind of doing these things and honestly have developed a huge passion for for filmmaking and videography and just content creation as a whole. I gotcha. When, um, do you remember about when you started, you know, filming or has it just been childhood passion? What? Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. Um, I like to tell this story a lot. Um, when I was a student at Henry Ford high school, um, I took this filmmaking elective my freshman year just for fun. And I just kind of wanted to, get my feet wet and see what it was all about. And so I took the class and, you know, we, we made this like just entry level kind of short film. And I just, you know, was so fascinated by using a camera and, and getting to construct a video. And so I just kind of like did this class and, you know, didn't really think much of it at the time, but then the more I did it, the more I started to like fall in love with it. And then, you know, I stuck with it and ended up taking the, the filmmaking class all four years of high school and by the time I was graduating from high school I'm like you know I kind of like this I think I want to do this as a career and then I started looking at institutions that had like a film program and um, you know I found Eastern Um, I I was offered a scholarship there and it was you know reasonably nearby like I wasn't going out of state or anything and so I kind of just decided you know this is what I want to do with my life and just ever since then I've kind of just been rolling with it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and something I really enjoy and big passion of mine, you know? So, um, so it's been great. That's awesome, dude. What, uh, what was the short film about? Yeah. So it's interesting. So it's, it's, I remember it very vividly. In fact, I've watched it like not long ago and it's like terrible, but, um, it's, it's funny. So it's called parts of the whole and the assignment was we had to, film like different shots of an object and then our viewers were supposed to like watch it and guess what the object was so i did a i did a tennis shoe like a like a running shoe and i filmed like close-ups of like the laces and the tongue and the soles and all that and then it it was like i filmed it on like a 480p camcorder and it was so like just bad quality and the editing was just like jump cuts and it was just so like choppy but then at the end you know i got this like revealing shot of the shoe 
and you know then you kind of get what it is and so it was just like funny to me to see like that was kind of the first assignment that I did they kind of drew me in and then to see like now how far I've come and like all the different things I've done since that first short film has just been incredible so oh for sure I mean I still remember my first uh I mean it was like a skit that I filmed off a laptop when I was in sixth yeah. grade yeah uh that's still pretty cool though definitely yeah you know and then, like I said it was it was like just so cool to be able to do the process I'm sure you know like just getting to like make your shots list and and develop your story and and do your actual filming and then sit down and do the editing it was just like I don't know it was just a lot of fun man now you you said you uh you worked the camera and did the editing for it or what I I did yeah so it was a it was like a self self-produced project like you couldn't work with anybody else like so you had to do it on your own and so it was really like my first opportunity to get that full exposure to filmmaking and videography which was which was really important at the time gotcha i'm assuming you used like movie maker uh no so in my uh in my class we actually had final cut pro but it was uh like final cut seven so it was like a really old version of it and that was all the school had at the time we i don't even think we had movie maker but um we i got to edit on final cut pro and then my senior year we actually got the newest version of final cut like final cut x and so it was amazing to like make that transition from like the super old dinosaur version to like the new fast like upgraded interface and like all that cool stuff so yeah i gotcha now uh your school uses apple computers don't they yeah yeah they had a we had a full library of mac computers i think it was like 28 imacs and all and the teacher um actually who is a really close friend of mine he um worked at the apple store so he was able to get our lab set up with a bunch of great imac computers and all the software we needed and it was it was really cool oh wow wait he just had like that great of a connection with apple yeah yeah i guess so and i think they gave us like a i think we got like an education discount out of it so i'm like not too sure on that so don't quote me on it but i just remember like thinking like wow this is really high tech for a high school so uh because i went to uh what was it havel in sixth grade randomly yeah the only year i went to uh part of utica and uh -huh. yeah i walked in and the rumor was uh, they didn't even have walls for the classrooms or something. Wow. Sheesh. But the library all had, like, some old Macs in them, and I'm like, that's weird. I went to, or, uh, yeah, I went to Dakota, which is considered the largest high school in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And we got the cheapest Dells that they probably bought off the back of a truck. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think we were, I think we were spoiled because we had the... We had the great Macs and that. I think they were like honestly way ahead of our time, and we um, we were lucky for sure. And it helped us make some great things over the years, myself included. So it was cool. Now, is there a place to find anything of the original stuff, or is that just hidden for now? Uh, like you're talking about my original work. Yeah. Uh, gosh, man, it's it's probably lost somewhere. I could probably I could probably track something down if you're interested, but um. Yeah, I don't know if any of it's still online. I think it's like mostly on my newer stuff. So, um, let me let me get back to you on that actually. 
Because I, I definitely like to see the progress of, you know, oh, here's my little first video, and then yeah, check this for out. for sure, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I'll see if I can dig it up for you, definitely. Uh, so what was, uh, what's so cool about the, this teacher? Like, now, I know he has an Apple relationship, but has he actually done any filmmaking, like, actual filmmaking, or? Yeah, so, um, so, first off, his name is Mr. Elliot. He's a, he was a huge kind of mentor of mine, and, and really still is. He's a close personal friend, and, you know, I, I always say, like, when I was in high school, he kind of took me under his wing, and, taught me everything he knows and got me all these cool experiences and just was a really great supporter of mine. And, um, he was, he was a really great guy. And so, um, he and I just, just had this great relationship. I mean, like I said, we're still friends. I was actually just texting him the other day about like a baseball thing, but, um, he has just been kind of there for me at every point in my career, you know, whether I was a student at Ford or kind of making my way into college or, getting involved in freelance projects like he's always just been there for me to lend a helping hand or give me some advice or you know just give feedback on my work and i think you know if not for him then i wouldn't definitely wouldn't be where i'm at today so that's my little shout out to mr elliot oh no that's awesome dude yeah and he um he's uh he was very involved too i don't know how much of it he still does especially with the pandemic but he was really involved in kind of wedding videography and short films. And he's been um, a teacher at a couple different institutions. And so he's, he's really experienced and kind of like a really well-respected guy and Utica community schools, but also just, you know, in the community and kind of across Michigan. And he's a guy, he's very well connected. He knows a lot of people and he has a lot of connections to the industry and former students and kind of actors and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. So, um, he, you know, he's just kind of like a really great person, you know, to, to gravitate towards and a really good resource. And like I said, it's just been wonderful for me to, to get to know him and then still have this great relationship. I mean, I graduated in 2015 and I'm still really close with him. So. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Now, did, did you know him prior from taking his first class of filmmaking or it was just, no, just randomly? No, you know, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't actually know him and I took this class and I get in his class the first day and he sits down and he's like, just barking at us. And just, I'm like, this guy is such an asshole, dude. But the more I got to know him, I just realized like, this is his personality. You know, this is how he is. He's, he holds his students to a very high standard and he, um, he comes off a little sharp at first, but he is a big teddy bear underneath once you get to know him and, so I just remember sitting down on the first day and he's like intimidating all the students, especially me as like a freshman and it's like barking all these things at us. And I just remember in my head, I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? This guy is such a jerk. And then just, you know, the year played out and the more I got to know him, I'm like, yep, that's Mr. Elliot for you. And he's still the same way, you know, he comes off as a tough guy, but he means well. And he's, you know, that's just kind of all an act. That's awesome. I don't know if I'm supposed to, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. Hopefully he doesn't, if he hears this, I don't want him to know that I'm ratting him out, but you know, <laughs> I mean, no, most of it was positive up until now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like I said, like I said, he means well, he's a really good guy and he comes off, comes off a little sharp, but you know, that's just, that's just the Mr. Elliot experience. At least he doesn't have like that famous, you know, ego where he... yeah, no, no. 
Like I've I've heard some terrible stories about like Bruce Willis just working with them and yeah no. yeah yeah for sure no he's he's a good guy he's a uh, you know he's actually retired now so he doesn't teach anymore at Ford but he's uh he's still involved I still like I said I still will send him my stuff to get his feedback or his constructive criticism on it and sometimes I just like to FaceTime him or call him just to see how he's doing you know once in a while just to check in and keep that relationship going strong so yeah that's awesome I'm actually really surprised that your school had a whole class dedicated to film like Dakota definitely did not have all that yeah so you know it's it's funny because we had not only did we have like the the lower level film class which was just like all the kids that just wanted to try it out. Right. But we actually had an advanced filmmaking class too, which was all the kids that like loved it and wanted to keep going with it and like stuck with it and wanted to like potentially make a career out of it. So that's where I ended up. And then on top of that, Mr. Elliot also taught uh, photography classes. And again, that was like a lower level one and then an advanced photography. And then he also taught like multimedia, which was like, 2d and 3d design and kind of more on like the artistic side and so he was i i just remember like senior year like four out of my six classes were art classes and i had him like four times a day plus i would eat lunch in his classroom so he was probably so sick of me but um it was we had like a really great art wing in the school and this big studio and and lots of space for students to be creative and it was awesome now i the only time I actually been to uh, Henry Ford was, don't judge me, it was for a play, but I went because a girl yeah. who went there. Um, <laughs> so we went to go see Legally Blonde, and so I saw your guys' uh, theater, and you guys have like the whole orca or uh, orchestra. Yeah. Pit. And I was actually really impressed by your guys. Like it was a small stage, but you guys work with everything you had. Yeah, you know, and and I think that they recently remodeled that. I think it was just like a couple years prior to me starting there that they um, remodeled that like whole auditorium and added like the orchestra pit. But it's like one of the crown jewels of the school, you know, like it's really popular. I know they do. I don't know so much right now with COVID, but I know they were doing a lot of um, plays and theatrical performances. And sometimes like our teachers would just take us down there and say hey you want to have a class in the auditorium today and we just all be like sure so yeah it was uh it was cool i went to a couple plays there and was involved with it here and there for filmmaking stuff so it was a it was a nice area for sure now you you only did like filmmaking for the plays or how'd that work out yeah i wasn't i wasn't in the theater program um but we did use the auditorium at times to film like some clips or some short films like that kind of thing but i wasn't on like the tech crew for the play or anything so um i wasn't that involved but i was still kind of around if they needed me you know that makes sense yeah i i I worked for maybe two months on tech crew at dakota okay yeah and it was all you know you know seniority it was favoritism it was yeah it the most toxic workplace i've ever worked and it was two months out of school yeah oh man that's that sucks like i i I think the first week every all the new people had to just sand that's that was the only job and then all the seniors were literally climbing in rafters just watching us yeah oh my gosh 
terrible. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But um, yeah, you know, and I I do have a big respect. I will say I do have a big respect for theater and you know performing and all that. But there's just something about like filmmaking I think that appeals to me more. And you know, theater stuff is live, and I feel like your actors and all that have to be sharp and on point for you know when they go on stage. But I like the the method of filmmaking because you can you can do multiple takes and you can do things over and over if you need to and you can you know you can i feel like you can plan a smoother production and this is totally my bias but i feel like you can plan a smoother production in filmmaking versus that of theater so oh yeah i uh that kind of reminds me of uh drake and josh where they uh they were filming like the movie theater bandit and, oh yeah, <laughs> and one, uh, one of them yeah, says, like, "Just show up, say your lines, and go home." Like, yeah, that's, exactly, that's right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love that. I love Drake and Josh, so that's great. Nice little throwback. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, so you took four years of film. How many years of photography in high school? Yeah, so four years of film, and then I think I did photography two years. I was I was much more filmmaking in high school and less of photography, but now I tell people, like, I'm 50-50. 50% videography, 50% um, photography. So I think um, I had my, my, like, lower-tier photography class, like, junior year, and then I was in the advanced one senior year, and then that was kind of it for me. Unfortunately, I didn't get in get as involved in photography in high school until I was really like out of high school. And that's kind of my regret because, you know, there were a lot of like school events and like student council things and sports games and all stuff I could have probably photographed while I was there, but I just didn't really get into it. Didn't really take it seriously. And, uh, you know, I kind of missed out on those things, but like now, you know, that's, that's obviously like not the case. So, um, but yeah, like, Filmmaking was kind of like the big thing for me, but now, like I said, now it's just, it's totally 50, 50. Now, well, when was like the last like short film you worked on? Like recently? The last, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a really good question. Um, so while I was a student at Eastern Michigan, my last year, we, um, I was in this, um, filmmaking class and our assignment was to create a short film. And we had all these specific requirements that we had to meet. Like there had to be like a dialogue scene and there had to be like a fight scene and we had to use some type of visual effects. And there were all these, I don't remember exactly what they all were, but the teacher laid it out in this rubric and we had to meet all these requirements and create, you know, an entertaining film in addition to, to all that stuff. So um, it was myself and a group of, a couple other students that I was in the same program with and we made a we made like a sci-fi type short film it's called recurrent and you know I don't want to give too many spoilers maybe we can we can post it for your viewers to see but um essentially it was a, a short film about a guy who's who's living this day over and over and he is he can like predict what's going to happen and he changes the course of these things so that things work out in his favor and it's it's really kind of like twist and turn story and it was it was a lot of fun to make and i'm still like that was now a couple years ago 
Um, but it's still a project that I'm really, really proud of and it turned out really good. So, um, I'll have to share that with you for sure. Oh yeah. I'm going to definitely remind you to send that. Just, uh, I, I, I'll drop a link on the website. Um, but I, I personally just want to see it for myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I could talk a little bit about the production side of it too, if you're, if you're interested. So, Oh, I'm all about that. Like, please share yeah, more. So, <laughs> so it was a, it was a semester long uh, production and we had it broken up into a couple different um areas so like our first thing was like pre-production you know it was planning and figuring out who our actors were going to be and making a shots list and setting our location and developing a script and all that stuff so we had several weeks to do all that and then we moved into the production phase which we were all college students and we all had kind of different schedules so it was our availability was kind of all over the map, but we, we made it work. And sometimes there's like a couple night scenes that we had filmed. And then there were a couple daytime scenes. So it was just kind of like executing the production whenever we could all be available and our actors could be available and kind of knew what they were supposed to do. And so I think that we had, gosh, we probably had like three or five different filming days. And um, we just did like one or two scenes per day. For a few hours and then you know we were able to get everything that we needed and then from there we moved into the, the kind of the post-production so did all the editing and determined if there were any reshoots that we needed to do and kind of weave the story together and selected our music and our visual effects and all that kind of stuff and then um, my uh, my colleague Nate who we who was on my production team was actually the guy who kind of edited it all together so um, we kind of put together a couple different cuts of it, got to sit down and look at it and go through what we liked, what we didn't like. And then eventually we were able to come up with, with like a master version that we were happy with. And then we had a filming day, um, a screening day in class where we got to show our film and, and see all the other student films as well. And that was a lot of fun. And so ours was, you know, pretty people seem to really like it and we we ended up getting a really good grade on it and the professor said that it was one of the better student films that he's seen and so it was all the way around it was just a lot of fun to do and really fulfilling process and like I said I mean to this day it's still something that I'm most proud of like when I I think of a project that I did in undergrad that was probably like my best work it has to be recurrent oh I can't wait to see it now yeah absolutely well I don't want to I don't want to set these super high expectations i mean it is good but i definitely love for you to check it out and get your feedback on it too i mean you it, as long as you're posting stuff honestly dude like yeah absolutely a lot of people don't understand like it not everything is going to be good yeah like you yeah. can't like i mean if you're george lucas then you know you make three right. good movies <laughs> and then you destroy the rest of the whole series exactly yeah yeah right so it's like as long as you're posting, someone's going to like something about one of your projects and you just gain a fan. Right, exactly. I mean, and that's and that's the thing. That's where I'm kind of at right now. Like, you know, I consider myself like kind of like a multimedia content creator, whether it's photography, videography, you know, animation, graphic design, kind of whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I'm I'm in my in my current role i'm kind of cranking out content left and right and i've kind of launched this own brand of mine and we can we can get into that if you want but um i'm just you know i'm really big on content creation i try to post stuff every day and try to share as much stuff with 
with my friends and my family and my community as I can. And just, you know, this is my life and this is really what I love to do. And it's kind of so like deeply ingrained in me that this is what it's all about. Like, this is it for me. I mean, you definitely got passion. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, we'll jump back to your branding, but um, for your uh, the short film, how did you guys get your actors, or was it people in the class? Yeah, so um, so that's funny that you ask that because the two um, the it was a guy and a girl. His name was Alejandro, and her name was Alexis. And at the time, they were students within our program, and they were just kind of getting into acting. And so we needed, we knew we needed like a male person and then we needed like a female kind of co-star and you know i think it was me who reached out to alejandro and was just like you know would you be able to act in our film and he's like yeah man like i'd love to thanks for thanks for asking me and then we um we was we were kind of trying to figure out who our female co-star would be and we had asked around and didn't really get a lot of reception from or interest from people and then Um, we were talking, we're like, well, let's ask Alexis. And we, and we asked her and she was, you know, totally on board with it and willing to do it. And, you know, in the film, I will say Alejandro and Alexis play like a husband and a wife. Um, and they're, they're like in love, you know, and at the time, um, Alejandro and Alexis were not dating. Like they were, we were all just students in the program, but now ironically like they're actually dating and they're together and have this like real world relationship so i don't know if it was our film that kind of sparked that or or what brought that on but i think they're um they're still together i believe they live in new mexico now and they're like pursuing their dreams of kind of like filmmaking and acting and uh, all that stuff so so that was cool and it was it was fun and it was challenging to find our actors but you know i can't say enough good about them they both killed it and when you when you watch it you'll see what i mean so I, I'm gonna, like, if if I were you, I would 100% take credit for their relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I hope they invite me to the wedding for sure. <laughs> or, or the, you know, at least you know, pay you to photograph it, right? Right, right. Like, absolutely. I I'd be cool with that for get, sure. You know, you get free drinks and you get a check at the end of the night. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. No doubt. So, uh, what, what, what's up with your own, uh, your own branding now? Is this only for, uh, is this film too, or is this uh, more of your photography career now? Yeah. So, um, so the name of my brand is called C squared visual media. Um, most people just call me C2 cause my logo is like a little t- C with like that little two above it, you know? Right. Um, and it's a, it's a brand that I launched kind of as I was finishing up in high school and, at first I was doing a lot of wedding videography, so it was very heavy on that. And I was kind of only doing wedding videography, but I've since kind of transitioned away from that more into more narrative stuff. And I'm doing a lot of sports, especially basketball. And then I do corporate events and kind of just nature photos and portraits. It's really, it's really like a culmination of all the work that I do. So whether it's filmmaking photography videography graphic design animation i mean you name it it's it's all kind of there and it's really just whatever content i'm creating that day or that week is um just goes on the i have a facebook page and an instagram and i try to post something at least once a day on those pages and um i've i've kind of started to drum up this audience and get some followers and get people kind of interested in the work that i'm doing and 
try to get people involved. So whether it's friends that I'm just doing photos of or an athlete that I'm making a highlight film for, I just, um, trying to really launch this brand and take it to the top. Oh, I gotcha. Now it, it sounds like sports is more of your, now are you just a normal sports fan or like, do you just prefer yeah. sport shoots or what? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I kind of grew up around sports, you know, I loved baseball, basketball, hockey, all that stuff kind of growing up. And I've decided, you know, why not take my love for sports and kind of pair it with my love for photography, videography, filmmaking. So, um, it, it was while I was a student at Eastern, I kind of started to get my feet wet with sports. I photographed a couple games for the football team and loved it and did some high school, college basketball games here and there. But I think it's really within the last year that I've started to kind of run more with sports. Like I said, especially basketball, I'm doing a ton with basketball right now. And just, you know, whether it's shooting for a team or a game or a, like a youth camp or a tournament, it's like, I'm, I'm have, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a basketball shoot every single night of the week. So I was constantly doing stuff and, and making content and filming games. And, um, I think long-term sports is maybe where I want to end up, but you know, I think right now I'm just kind of trying to find my way and figure out what what I can do best and try to take the opportunities as they come. So somebody said, you know, we want to give you an opportunity to co-direct a short film, I'd be all for it. Or if someone came to me and said, hey, we want you to shoot our music video, then I would be all for that too. So it's just, right now I think I'm just kind of trying to find my way, but if I had to pinpoint where I want to end up, probably sports would be the dream. Okay. I mean, that. That's like, you know, you get to make friggin' all the, if you do all the, you know, pictures, um, the, like baseball cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that would be so cool. I, uh, once again, I only worked there a few months, but, um, I was part of Chippewa Valley Cable. And, oh, okay, sweet. And we would go to, I, I don't think I ever ended up filming at, uh, Henry Ford, mm-hmm. but, I know for sure Chippewa and Dakota, we would have to, like for a football game, we carried, and these aren't little small cameras, these are like news cameras, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, like the huge shoulder JVCs or whatever they are. Yeah, like if you don't have a tripod, you're going to have a terrible night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so we would have to carry these cameras all the way up to the press box, like above the stadium where they make yep. announcements. And, you know, I don't even know how old I was, maybe 16. And so <laughs> this is almost like a first job to me too. But, um, so I'm like, you know, they're telling me, Oh, uh, get, uh, the, I don't think he called it, uh, or the action shot. And I'm like, what, what, I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, you you get to see, like, the display of what is, like, live um, in, like, the feed. So I was watching the other camera guy, and apparently just the action shot is, you know, like a close-up of right, right. a goal, something going on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys couldn't have just said, you know, close-ups? Right, like, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that job still makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, for me, like sports have been a challenge because, you know, I can kind of speak on like, so basketball is a sport that's very fast paced. It's constant 
action and things are, are constantly going on and you have to be in the right place at the right time to get your shot. But then, you know, more recently I've started doing baseball, which is very slow and, you know, not as intense and not as action packed. And you kind of have to wait for something to happen and, and just be prepared. So it's interesting to me trying to, trying to learn how to be a sports videographer, you know, trying to learn how to get all the right shots and, and your angles and your different, you know, your close-ups and your wide shots and pans and tilts and all that. Like just trying to know how to do this to create an interesting story has been a really, really big learning process for me. I mean, that's also half the fun. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Especially. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it, it wasn't something that I really took seriously at first, but the more that I do it, the more I fall in love with it and just trying to always trying to grow and learn and be better and try different things and different techniques. And so, um, I mean, it's, it's been great. This is really, truly what I love to do, man. That's awesome. I mean, I definitely, hopefully I'm sure you'll keep going with it, but yeah, no doubt. Uh, so you said you worked like a whole week, uh, for, uh, uh, basketball, who now who's your client is it a specific player or is it the team itself yeah so um it kind of depends because it, it you know it varies so i you know one night i could be shooting with for a specific team um and then other times it could be just an individual player and then sometimes i have a trainer come to me and say you know i'm going to be doing a workout with my guy can you come in and get some footage of him just shooting jump shots or working on his ball handling or things like that. And then, you know, other times it's, it's things like tournaments or youth basketball camps. So I actually had the opportunity to go to Wichita, Kansas last year to shoot um, a basketball camp there. And it was a weekend long thing and it was a very long weekend, but it was, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, just getting some footage of all the guys playing and competing and, you know, getting some cool dunks and jump shots and three pointers, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, you know? And so I think to answer the question, you know, it just kind of varies, whatever kind of need there is. Um, I kind of just follow that and it could be just as simple as somebody messaging me on Instagram, asking, am I available for a shoot or a weekend? Or, you know, maybe it's, it's a more planned thing where it's something that we schedule far out in advance or, Sometimes I just see something that looks cool, whether it's online or Instagram, and try to reach out to who's ever coordinating it and just say, you know, I'm a photographer. I'd love to come and capture some photos of your guys playing or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And, you know, sort of more recently, I do want to give a shout out to the Detroit Hustle. Um, that's a new team that's sort of come up within the last year. They play in a semi-pro basketball league um, and they're kind of like a newer organization, but I am now working with them exclusively. I'm the team photographer, videographer, head of media, whatever you want to call it. And so their um, season just started and they're playing some games. And so I've been shooting exclusively for them too, which has been cool. Oh, wow. That's, that's really impressive, dude. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Like, oh, you got like a full contract now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like so, I mean, I, I I literally I've done that before, and uh, I I know right before COVID hit, uh, I reached out to you about filming. Um, I think it was the movie I was supposed to be working on. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so you had you had contacted me on Instagram, and you're like, "Hey, man, we'd love to bring you on for this for this film," and I was all for it. So, and then yeah, COVID hit and kind of screwed everything up. But 
I, I think we had like three shots down, and I'm like, you know, I got to reach out to someone who knows. Like, I'm more of a director. I don't like. Yeah. I I I know my way around a camera. I know how to edit. But yeah. My favorite thing is just, you know, getting the what is exactly in my head out on, you know, tape. Yeah, definitely. And see, that's that works well for us. I'm more of like a DP, like camera operator kind of guy. So that's like a really good. We definitely will need to collaborate on a film or something in the future for sure. Oh, I it it it, it will happen. Just it's it's automatic, man. Yeah. <laughs> we just gotta play either right and you know. Right now, I'm trying to write something where it's like COVID friendly. Yeah. So, oh, that'd be cool. So it's like two characters and like three locations where I have well one would be a park but the other two are houses that I have full control over oh sweet and so I'm like you know we have two three people max we'll still do the six foot uh, you know me you and I uh, usually I have a lighting guy um, yeah cool we'll just wear masks and you know we'll be yeah, like absolutely. a real company but yeah for sure man that sounds great just you know let me know when you need me and I'm there count oh, me in for sure man um, how, how, uh, I mean, how's, I guess work kind of been slow, but now it's picking up for, uh, you know, basketball and all that stuff. How, how, how was COVID for, uh, you know, you like, yeah, so, so it's been tough, um, for me, especially in the beginning, you know, I'm fortunate because I have a full-time job as well at the university of Michigan, which we can, we can get there, um, later on if you want, but, um, for basketball, especially when the pandemic first started, you know, all sports were shut down. Every basketball game was effectively canceled. And I just remember being so like crushed and just feeling like I had no purpose, you know, cause it was like, I went from filming all these basketball games from high school, college for players, like all that stuff. And then it just went from like very extreme busy schedule to nothing at all. And you know, basketball started to pick up a little more and I was just trying to find opportunities where I could and, and make them to the best of my ability. And then, you know, at the end of 2020s, it started to pick up more. And then into this year, you know, high school sports kind of came back. And so I got into that. And overall, you know, it's it's picked up gradually. I don't think we're where we want to be, but I'm fortunate in that you know, opportunities are still there and I can still make opportunities for myself. Really any excuse to get out of the house and go shoot a game or just go make something is what I love to do and what I really want to do. So it was tough at first, but you know, we kind of righted the ship and made it work and you know, here we are. So. I mean, it's, yeah, it's every day at a time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, what's your job at the university? Yeah, so I, I work at uh, University of Michigan, uh, Michigan Medicine Hospital within the Department of Pathology. I'm the oh, multimedia wow. designer for that. Um, so I do all the department's photography and videography. Um, and that could be everything from taking headshots for a doctor to filming or photographing events at the hospital. Um, I mean, I've filmed surgeries before. Um, and my kind of one of my main responsibilities is I um, do forensic photography in the autopsy suite at the hospital. So whenever we unfortunately get people who are deceased, I am kind of sometimes responsible for photographing their 
um, their bodies. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to elaborate on that. <laughs> what a job! You can't go yeah. from weddings to autopsies. <laughs> I know, man. I know. I tell people that, and everybody is super just like intrigued by it. So, um, yeah. So you know, it's it's kind of it's interesting because we get descendants of people from all walks of life. You know, whether it's people who were killed in a car crash or drug overdoses or murders or suicides. I mean, house fires, animal attacks. I've kind of seen a, a pretty big variety of things and kind of the, the responsibility there is to just take photos for documentation purposes, archival purposes. Sometimes we use the photos to figure out a cause of death or, you know, how they died. And sometimes we just give the photos to the families to help provide closure and, and things like that. So it's definitely, it's definitely an intense job. It's not a job that everyone could have. And, you know, unfortunately, like I've been doing it for so long, I'm, I'm pretty desensitized to it. Um, I can detach my feelings from it now. Um, so while it is sad to see somebody die under extreme circumstances, it, it just, you know, I'm there to do a job and I'm there to, achieve my responsibility and provide this service for them. And that's kind of what keeps me going. So it's not, it's not a glamorous job by any means, but it's definitely interesting. It's, it's something new every day for sure. Definitely have like the first responder mindset, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm here for my job. I know I'm going to see some terrible things today, but right. Someone right. has to do this. Yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and it, it's, um, I'm lucky because I was able to get hired right out of college um, into this field, and it's it's been really consistent for me for the last couple of years. And I've I've had some interesting experiences and made some good connections along the way. And ultimately, like it pays the bills. So what more could you want, right? Oh, obviously, yeah. And I'm, technically, you're still directly in your field of filmmaking, but. Yeah, yeah. That was and just just a different just a different kind of filmmaking. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess if you ever do gore in the you know like horror films in the future, that's kind of gonna yeah be good learning. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of you know, a little more positive. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 For sure. I get that. Yeah. It's um, it's 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 a dark part of the job, but um, you know, like you said, somebody's got to do it, and you know, just show up and. Get you, get the job done and go home. Now, was this job posted or like how how did you hear about you know applying for this position? Yeah, so um, actually last year I did an internship at uh, Michigan Medicine Hospital um, with their Department of Communications, where I was doing photography and videography for them and doing short films, and we were making a lot of patient stories and a lot of really cool videos. I got to film like a kidney transplant surgery, which was just unreal. Um, but I, I had all these cool experiences working at the hospital in Ann Arbor. And when my internship ended, it just so happened there was a job opening in this department, which is the Department of Pathology. And I was super interested. And so I applied and um, got the initial interview, which, which went really well. And then I got a second interview, which in my second interview, I had to tour the autopsy suite and look at some autopsy photos. And they actually didn't have an autopsy being performed that day, but I probably would have seen it live if they had. And 
basically they told me, you know, if you can handle seeing the photos and seeing an autopsy then and not like pass out or get sick, then you're pretty much like a shoe in for the job. And so I went in and I toured the suite and it went really well. And, um, you know, I got an email a, a little while later saying that they were offering me the job and I was just over the moon and, um, I've been there ever since. So just kind of the door with my internship closed, but then the door with this um, full-time gig with pathology opened. That's super impressive. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, been, been pretty good and a lot of interesting experiences along the way. And um, I'm, I'm very um, lucky because I got a job right out of college. And like you said, it's in my field and it's doing exactly what I want to do. And, while I never kind of expected to end up in, in medicine and in the medical field, it's, it's definitely been a new challenge and, and an exciting challenge. So it's been great. That's, I, I'm almost speechless like that. Yeah, I, I see that. <laughs> such a big jump. Like, oh, like, have you ever had like a day where like, oh, I had an autopsy at two o'clock and then I had to go shoot a ba uh, basketball game at like five? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's what most days look like for me. So we traditionally do all the autopsies in the morning. So I will get to the hospital bright and early and have to get into my scrubs and do all the photography for it. And then later that evening, I have to get to a basketball game. So I could be, you know, in Ann Arbor in the hospital one morning and then in Detroit filming a basketball game that same day later on. So... I mean, I'm glad it's not flip-flop, so you kind of get right. to, like, forget what happened that morning, and then you yeah. go to bed soft and soundly, and, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's it's definitely intense, and, you know, especially in the beginning, it was, it was, it was a lot of kind of adapting necessary and getting used to it, but like I said, I mean, I've done it so much now, I'm unfortunately, like, very desensitized to it, and um, just, just try to go and do my job and not... Um, not get sad about it. I mean, it is tragic. Don't get me wrong. We see some really, really extreme and unfortunate deaths, and it's very tragic, but I just have to put my own feelings aside most of the time. Has uh, your dark humor picked up yet? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> like, I remember, you know, like, career day where they had, you know, teacher or different jobs come in, and each classroom was like, oh, here's a cop, or here's a, you know, pastry chef. And... I don't know why I just picked every first responder that was available on the list. Yeah. And that was the first thing almost all of them brought up. Like even firefighters, they were like, you're going to have a, you're going to make some jokes that you're no one else will, they will question your mental ability. If yeah. You make right. These jokes, but right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, my mom, um, my mom will ask me from time to time. She's like, are you okay? Like, are you good? I know you're in the morgue a lot. So I just wanted to make sure you're like not going insane. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Just, just like see some extreme intense things, but I'm good. I'm hanging in there. That's insane. Um, have, uh, have you ever had to be like summoned to court for anything? No, you know, I haven't personally, but I know that that's something big that our department will do, especially if it's like a crime related death. So if it's like a murder or like a shooting, then um, they will ask our pathologist to testify from time to time just to talk about, you know, the cause and the manner of death and how they investigated it and what the process was like. And sometimes the pathologists actually do 
um, when they do their job, they're needed in court to help solve the crime. So um, it's, I, while I personally haven't done that, I do know a couple of our pathologists that have. In fact, one of the main pathologists at U of M was um, responsible for doing the autopsies for the Jeffrey Dahmer um, murders. So, um, so he was able to testify and he's got a ton of experience and um, really well-respected guy in the, in the field. So, so yeah, I haven't personally done it. I haven't needed to, but that's definitely something that our department does handle. Interesting. So it, it most likely will eventually happen for you, eh? More than likely, it's a possibility. Um, I'm in year two of the job, and it hasn't happened yet, so it could down the road, but um, but yeah. So is it just like an overall, like, like more, like just if anything close by happens, they would be transferred there? Pretty much, yeah. So it's a morgue. It's located on the ground level of the university hospital at Michigan medicine in Ann Arbor. And it's pretty much, I think they handle like Washtenaw, Livingston, Wayne County. So anything that happens kind of in the area, they send the team of first responders to go investigate. And if it is in fact a death, then they will transport them to the hospital. And then the family of the deceased person has to decide whether or not they want to do the autopsy. And then from there it gets handed over to us to do, the autopsy itself and do the photography and come up with the cause and the manner of death. And then the bodies usually from there get transported to a funeral home or get cremated or, you know, get just returned to the family to do with it what they would like. So um, it's, it's an interesting process. It's, it's unique. And, you know, every, every, no two cases are the same. You know, we see overdoses, but more than likely it's a different substance or we see murders, but sometimes it could be somebody that's stabbed to death or other times it could be somebody that's shot in the head. I mean, and then sometimes, I mean, I've seen like my fair share of just like natural deaths or COVID related deaths or people who have some cancer that unfortunately um, gets the best of them. So, yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's definitely, um, you know, there's a wide range of, of deaths and it just, I think for me, it's just helped me see how precious life really is and how, um, you never know when could be your last day or, you know, you could have some fatal thing happen to you. And it's, it's really unfortunate. It's tragic, but, um, you know, like I said, just got to detach my feelings and do the job. That is insane. Have, have you had like shortened hours cause of COVID with that or is it normal? Cause I mean, death um, doesn't stop. Mm- no, it, it doesn't really stop. And I don't know um, if you consider me a frontline worker or not, but I was not really, um, there was no really shutdown for me for COVID. Like I was continuously working throughout the pandemic, especially in the beginning. Like, I mean, the, the autopsies still have to get done some way or another and they need a photographer to be there. So I, I really didn't, you know, for as many people that lost their jobs and were affected by the pandemic, I can't say that that was true for me. I mean, that's good, but still, uh, not the, like, I, yeah, I, not like the best time. Like, you know, just being at home for too long and not being able to go to school, that, that causes a little depression. And then right, right. things just stack up and I'm like, COVID is already sad enough and now you're dealing with patients directly that obviously didn't make it like yeah yeah no doubt for sure it's uh 
It's tough. And, you know, the, the hospital's really good about um, COVID protocols. So they actually, um, whenever someone does um, pass away from COVID, they have a secure room where they have to do the autopsy just at the risk of infecting others and and potentially spreading the virus. And because it can, it, I think that they, it can still be spread even if the person is deceased. So um, they have a really secure room where they handle all that. And while it was unfortunate to see, you know, COVID decedents, it, it, they do a really good job at keeping it contained and, and managing it. So now did your more get like overfilled because of COVID at all? Cause I know that was, yeah. Big... There... Yeah. So that's, that's interesting because it actually, there was a point in time where they were close to or at capacity for the number of decedents that they could have in the morgue. And I don't think we ever, um, reached overflow, but they were pretty close to it. And it was, it was definitely tough because you know, the, when the, the pandemic first happened and the death rate just spiked up like crazy and yeah, it was a lot for hospitals to handle. I know that it was, it was tough for sure, but I think they've got a good system in place to where they can pretty well manage it now. Right. I, I still like those pictures of the, uh, I guess, morgue freezers out in, you know, New York city. Yeah. Those are like, that's just, that will forever be in my head when yeah, someone yeah. says COVID. Right, that'll be in a history book someday. <laughs> oh, oh, without a, the last what two years? It's it, there's going to be multiple chapters. I feel bad for oh, the future yeah. children of you know, yeah, studying. yeah, no kidding. Um, wow. Uh, let's try to end on. Yeah, uh, I, be, I I bet you weren't expecting that. Huh? No, no. <laughs> uh, let Let's try to end on like somewhat of a positive note. Uh, um, okay, I. I I got a, I got a positive note. I got a little story that I can share with you. Perfect. So, um, it's kind of, it's actually kind of COVID related, but I promise it's, it's, it's good. So, um, so this past year in 2020, um, one of my responsibilities at work was to create, um, uh, some sort of video that had to do with the theme of staying positive during the pandemic. And so actually what I did is I, I came up with, uh, idea for a video um, where I took still photographs of our teams and our faculty and our staff working at the department. And I made all the photos black and white and I found some kind of slow dramatic music and I edited it all together. And I made like a short PSA, like public service announcement about COVID and how, you know, stay positive and we're all in this together and we can get through this. And, um, it, it came together really nicely. I can share it with you too, if you'd like to check it out. But, um, I submitted it to the uh, Michigan Emmys this year, and I am currently waiting to hear back on if it will be nominated for an Emmy this year. And um, I should know within the next couple weeks if it gets chosen, but um, I'm crossing my fingers because it was a video that I worked really hard on and had a lot of fun making, and it was received really well by, you know, people at the hospital, but also just the community. And... Um, it, like I said, it was a lot of fun and I was actually nominated for an Emmy last year. I unfortunately didn't win. So I'm hungry for one this year. You know what I mean? Oh, I so, gotcha, yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my positive story to kind of end on a high note. So cross your fingers that I get an Emmy this year. I mean, if there's any voting, uh, I will send my listeners as soon as, uh, you know, I get a link. Thank or you, man. 
I I wish for sure, um, but I, they do like a panel of judges that that watch all the submissions and like. Oh, vote the on academy! Them, so. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, so like I said last year, I got the nomination, but I couldn't finish it off. So this year, I don't know. I hope this is my year. Uh, I I think I, I I'd give it to you if I was a uh, on the academy. I haven't Thanks, even seen man. it, but I, I Thanks, you, man. I I appreciate that. You you really just need that. Good job. You know, this is more for like, you know, you suffering in a morgue during right. a week. <laughs> like, I'm glad you're not winning it. I mean, for that, but yeah, say, say yeah. you deserve something. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. I'll be sure to send it over to you too so you can check it out. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, it looks like we're going to wrap up this episode. Did you uh, have any uh, shout out uh, links or, you know, YouTube pages, Instagrams? yeah um yeah i'll give my instagram so um if listeners want to kind of check out my work you can follow me on instagram my username is at c2 visual media um my page is also on facebook same thing at c2 visual media um i'm on twitter i'm on instagram um you can look me up cameron clothier um and you know if people have questions or they want to see more of my work or just want to be friends or get to know me. Like I'm totally open to that. And, uh, yeah, so you can follow me on social media and we can, we can go from there. But, uh, yeah, last thing I just want to say, William, thank you so much for having me on the show today. It was, it was a lot of fun, um, chatting with you and, you know, talking about some of the things that I'm involved in and getting to know you as well. I mean, this was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I knew this was going to be one of my favorite episodes personally. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure, man. Thank you. But, uh, yep. Yeah, uh, that's going to be all for this episode of house of 50. My name is William service. And my name is Cameron Clothier. All right. And get the fuck out.